<laughs> all right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? Is LJ Talks Facts right here? Switch Facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are enjoying your Friday morning so far. I'm doing pretty good. This is my AEW Dynamite review, and there will be two episodes tomorrow. I'll be back to back, actually. I'll be reviewing Rampage first, and then I'll be making my predictions for the first round in the 2022 NBA playoffs. So, with the play in tournament, I've been correct so far. The two games tonight, we got um, the Hawks against the Cavs. I predicted the Hawks will beat the Cavs. And we have the Clippers and the Pelicans. Well, I'm slipping around as Clippers are home. So the Pelicans versus the Clippers. And I predicted the Clippers will win. So I've been right about every playing game so far. Let's see what happens tonight. And then tomorrow, after I review Rampage, we'll make my first round predictions for the 2022 NBA playoffs. It's going to be a hell of a ride. It's definitely going to be a hell of a ride. And for my Nets, it seems like Ben Simmons will make his debut with the Nets pretty soon. Saying like between game four to game six. I think the series very much so could go to seven. But we'll definitely see. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Looking forward to doing that. You know, they do play on Easter. So it's a nice Easter special right there. I'll definitely enjoy watching that. And I do want to take this time right here to say... Rest in peace to the greatest New York Islander of all time. My boss, who passed away today at the age of 65. He was battling cancer, I think, since um, I think since October. He's been battling cancer. You know, and, and I just kept, I kept hoping that he was going to push through. Because we never saw him at UBS Arena this year, you know, for obvious reasons. I was just hoping he was going to push through. And hoping next season we would see him at UBS. So that was really hard to hear this morning. We've lost Clark Gillies this year, Gene Potvin, and now the greatest New York Islander of all time, Mike Bossy. So my best wish to go out to him and his family. Thank you for everything you did for the game of hockey and everything you did for the Islanders. Definitely the heart and soul of when the Islanders won four straight Stanley Cups back in the day. And I know next time they'll be at UBS, which will be Tuesday against the Panthers. They'll be honoring Bossy. It's it's just... It it really sucks, man. It it really does. I really wanted to see him at UBS. I I really wanted to see him there. I really did. He would have gotten the loudest ovation. He absolutely would have. But he's up there now with Gene Potvin and Clark Gillies. And I'm sure they're playing a game of pickup hockey right now with all the other greats up there. Thank you, Mike Boss. Thank you for everything you did for the Islanders. God bless you, sir. And God bless your family. So now let's get into AEW Dynamite. We had seven matches on this card. I think like the most matches AEW Dynamite has had so far. Or I think they may have had seven back in January. Like I think it was uh, the 19th. They had seven matches on uh, one show, I believe. Almost sure about that. Um, but yeah, overall, this is a good episode right here. They were in New Orleans. You know, they were supposed to be there a long time ago, but COVID said that's not going to happen. So it took a long time for them to finally make their New Orleans debut. But here we are right now. So the first match was CM Punk versus Penta Oscuro. And people may be thinking, like, we had this match, you know, come about right here. So CM Punk was actually on Twitter a few days ago before, you know, Dynamite. I don't know if it was, like, on the weekend. I think maybe it was Saturday or something like that. And 
CM Punk like went on Twitter and said, somebody wrestled me on Wednesday. He tagged a bunch of people, and Penta was one of the names that Penta accepted. And the funny thing is, these two guys are in the top five in the ranks. Penta is number four, and CM Punk is number five. So, all right, you know, it makes sense right here. Okay, you know, it's a dream match right here. The match right here was good. It was a good match. It was kind of weird. Like, uh, like mid-match right here. It looked like CM Punk did injure his ankle. Like, I don't know if he was just selling it. Because he was supposed to do a move off the top rope to Penta. And he slipped. So, I don't know if he legitimately hurt his ankle right there. Or if he was just really selling it. Because when Penta tried to do the, uh, like, the Irish whip into the corner. Like, Punk didn't fully... He didn't even go into the ropes. He didn't go into that. He didn't even go into that corner. Like, he was a couple, like, inches away from the corner. I was like, oh, is he, like, legitimately hurt? And the referee, Bryce Rensberg, you know, was... Checking on him, like, I'm thinking to myself, oh, don't tell me he's actually hurt. Because it looked like he was, and the crowd, like, went silent for a second. Because they fully believed, just like I did, that Punk was hurt. But then, no, Penta went back on the attack, and Punk looked like he was fine. You know, he did a couple moves on the top rope. So, yeah, he was fine. I mean, I don't know if he... Um, I'm sure there's swelling on that ankle. Because he had to be at least hurt for a little bit right there. So, thank God it's... Not serious. If it was serious, they would stop the match. And I would have been like, oh, shit. But he finished the match. They went on for a few minutes. They put on a good match after that. Because I was thinking, okay, they're probably going to wrap it up here. He's going to probably hit him with the GTS. Or when he put him in the Anaconda Vice, I thought, I thought that's when Penta was going to tap. That's why I thought he was going to tap. Like, okay, he's definitely banged up. They're going to get Punk to win right here. But no, Penta got out of it. And the match went on. I was like, okay, so he must be okay then. So thank God. Because, come on, we got CM Punk coming up versus Hangman. Come on. I mean, we all know Hangman versus Colt is tonight, but we know who's going to win. Hangman's going to retain the belt. We know Punk's going to be the next one to become champion. Like, come on, we need this CM Punk World Championship program right here. Like, come on, please. Like, we need this right here. He stayed away for so long. You know, he has been world champion in nine years. He has been a world champion since January of 2013. It's been a long time. He hasn't been a champion since then. Because after he was WWE champion... When he lost to The Rock at the Rumble in 2013, great match, by the way. Definitely, if, you haven't, if you've never seen that, definitely go watch that match. That was a really good match. Um, he didn't win a title after that. He didn't win a title after that at all. So he hasn't been a champion for nine years. So almost a decade. Almost a decade. So thank God he was okay. They finished the match, put on a good match right here. It was, you know... Could have been better, yeah. It definitely could have been better after that, you know, that botched spot right there. It definitely could have been a better match. It was good, though. It, it started off a little bit rocky. Or I shouldn't say a little bit. It definitely started off rocky, but it ended good. You know, a lot of counters towards the end, but Punk finally got him with the GTS. One, two, three. And he looked okay, CM Punk. He got the win right there over Penta. He looked fine after the match. So, at least that's good to see. You know, I'm sure if it was definitely serious, they would have ended it, or we would have heard, like, an update by now, like, oh, Punk, you know, seriously injured himself during the match and so, or something like that. But it's good to see that he's okay. It was a good match over Penta and a nice win. So his journey continues to going for the world championship. His journey continues. And, I mean, that's definitely going to be the best program. That's definitely going to be the best program Hangman's going to have. You could say, okay, well, since he's become champion. That's that's the better way to say it, because the best program he's had in AEW is with Kenny. Well, this, is, this is going to be his best program as world champion. Which two aren't right there. It's two different things, so... 
I think him and Punk are going to put on a really good program. I'm looking forward to it. I'm absolutely looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun. And I can't wait for it to happen. Like, who knows? We could see it in the main event of Rampage after Hangman retains. Maybe Punk comes out. Maybe they wait till next week on Dynamite, whichever's better. But we'll definitely see. But now we get to the next match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus defending their AEW World Tag Team titles against Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly of Red Dragon. I gotta say, this was an amazing tag team match. And we saw, I think, was it three tag team matches on the show? All of them were up to par. It was awesome. The two tag team matches and then the trios match. Amazing matches. I think this might have been Jurassic Express best match since they become tag team champions. Definitely the best. Like, where it's a regular tag team match, not where it's like a triple threat where they had, you know, Red Dragon, the Unbox at Revolution. Like, this was a really good match. And Luchasaurus has gotten so much better though. Like, I know I mentioned a lot, but he's gotten better in the ring. He seriously has. You know, because he's had a lot of mistakes in the ring, especially when he broke, you know, Ray Phoenix's arm. But since then, I feel like he's gotten better. From what I've seen out of him. And man, Red Dragon was so, so damn close to winning this match. And it was a regular tag team match. Christian Cage wasn't at ringside with Jurassic Express. Adam Cole wasn't there with um, Red Dragon. So I was like, alright. So it was a clean tag team match. I had a clean ending too. You know, I know a lot of people were disappointed because... Believe me, you know, part of me wanted Red Dragon to win. But... You know, if if this was on pay-per-view, if this was at Battle of the Belts, then I could probably say, yeah, I kind of expect Red Dragon to win. But it was on Dynamite. Like, are they going to give them... Well, okay, well, Jurassic Express, they won the tag titles on Dynamite. So, you know, I was just thinking, like, you know, it could happen. It could happen, but it's very unlikely you know, I wanted, I low key wanted Red Dragon to win, but I think we all know who's going to get the belts next. I think we all know that. But, um, but no, amazing tag team match right here. Red Dragon came very, very close, but not close enough. Jurassic Express was able to get the win. They retained the AEW World Tag Team titles. They've been tag team champions for three months now. And I think they're going to drop the belts at double or nothing to this tag team because after the match, Red Dragon attacked Jurassic Express. They were just being petty right there. Fucking Kyle O'Reilly was screaming, it's bullshit, it's bullshit. Here comes the best tag team in the world. I don't care what anybody says. I've been saying this for so long now. Here comes FTR, the Ring of Honor AAA World Tag Team Champions. Man, what a pop they got in New Orleans. That was probably their loudest pop in AEW. Like, Jesus. Like, they got a massive pop in New Orleans two nights ago. That was awesome. And they confronted Red Dragon. They got in their face right there. It looked like Red Dragon was trying to grab like the Ring of Honor tag and title. So maybe we'll get that match. Maybe we'll get before FTR goes after Jurassic Express, maybe we'll get FTR versus Red Dragon. And then they'll face Jurassic Express in a winner take all. Oh man. Oh man. FTR is just on an amazing run right here. And everybody was like, oh, FTR's buried, they ain't really haven't done much. Like, uh, okay. But now everybody's like, oh, look at them now. Yeah, give them time. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Give them time. They were eventually going to get their moment 
you know, here back in the spotlight. They already had that spotlight in 2020. Now they've got it back right here. It's a huge, like, redemption story. After losing the World Tag Titles in two months, which is still bullshit, to where they are right now with the AAA World Tag Titles, now the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles, they're going to get those AEW Tag Team Titles sooner rather than later. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm absolutely looking forward to it. So backstage, we did see the Blackpool Combat Club, and it was announced that the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, the Ring of Honor, Pure Champion, Wheelie Uno is now part of them, will take on Billy, Austin, and Colton Gun, the Gun Club, on Rampage. So I'm looking forward to that right there. That'll be cool. That'll be a cool match to watch. Now we get to the next match right here. Captain Sean Dean versus Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, MJ. F. Now, I was definitely surprised with the result because I definitely thought Maxwell was going to beat Sean Dean. But, um, yeah, that was a little bit wrong on that one. A little bit wrong on that one. I mean, this match, it only went on for like a couple minutes. We all know, we all knew what was going to happen. We all knew it was coming. We know Wardlow's there. He's definitely somewhere there in New Orleans. But the question is, where is he? You know, as MJF like was taking control of Sean Dean in the match right here, they showed the camera backstage, and it was three security guards completely taken out. They were selling it like they were not around anymore. Like, holy shit. It's like, Jesus. And MJF is just looking around, and from behind, wearing a security shirt, it's Wardlow, and the crowd goes nuts. It's extremely crazy how Wardlow is super over right now. Like, he is super over. Like, they've done a really good job building up Wardlow. They seriously have. They've done a really, really good job. I give him a lot of credit. Like, they've built this guy like a fucking star. Like, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Because, you know, Scorpio Sky, we know, was TNT champion. Wardlow had his shot. But, of course, MJF got involved. And he lost. So maybe Wardlow could be the next one to beat Scorpio Sky. Maybe maybe he could be the one, not the next one. He could be the one to beat Scorpio Sky. Because we know it's not going to be Sammy. And it shouldn't be. And I love Sammy, but they have to scrap that whole thing with him and Ty. you got to get those two off TV with each other. Let Sammy do his own thing. Let Sammy, you know, gain the crowd's, um, you know, love back. Because we know Sammy's going to get booed tomorrow when he faces Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. He's going to get booed. It's a live crowd. They can't pipe in cheers. He's going to get booed. I'm sorry to say. You know, this whole thing with him and Ty, it's it's hurt him. So he's going to get booed. Scruffle Sky is going to get heavily cheered. And Sammy's from Texas. He's going to get booed in his own home state right there. It's not good. But uh, back to, you know, with Wardlow and MJF. So from behind, Wardlow right there tries to attack MJF. MJF runs off. Here comes all the security as Wardlow is trying to take out Sean Spears. Wardlow takes out some of the security, and Bryce Rensburg's counting. You know, he's counting on MJF, and he gets to nine. And MJF's like, no, 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 Bryce, Bryce, I'll, I'll triple your salary if you don't count to ten. Because MJF was trying to get into the ring, trying to get around <clears throat> Wardlow and all the security. But Wardlow's, like, pushing the security from side to side. Like, he just, they couldn't get rid of him right there. And Bryce Rensburg said, no, nope, I don't need your money. Counts to ten. And Sean Dean has beaten MJF again. By disqualification and now count out. So he's never beaten MJF clean. He's never beaten MJF clean. 
But he still beat him twice. He's never pinned him, though. That's the one thing MJF can have over Sean Dean. Like, oh, he's never pinned me. He's never pinned me at all. Whether it's been, you know, a dirty pin or a clean pin, it's never happened. You know what I mean? So there you go. So MJF shouldn't even be like, oh, that frustrated. He can say, you know what? No, this guy's never pinned me. He's gotten bullshit victories. He's never pinned me before. So there you go. And as Warlow was backstage taking out security again, he said he won't stop, you know, he'll keep screwing MJF over until MJF releases him from his contract because Warlow's under an AEW contract, he's on the contract with MJF, so... So there you go. So there you go right there. But um, later on the show was after, I believe, the women's match... Because, yeah, I don't see it right here. So it was after the women's match. I'll just tell you guys what happened. So it was after the women's match. That next week, it will be Wardlow versus The Butcher. Because MJF was backstage with Mark Sterling and Sean Spears. And Alex Marvel was about to interview MJF. And he was laughing. And I was just like, oh, you think that's funny? You think that's funny? And now he's going to put Wardlow to work. So now the only way to take out a greedy little pig is a butcher. So we're getting Wardlow versus The Butcher next week. That is going to be... That's going to be a good one. That is going to be a good one next week. I'm looking forward to that match. Definitely looking forward to that match next week. And we also saw Darby Allen. He challenged Andrade El Idolo to a coffin match. There's only been one coffin match here in AEW so far, and it was Darby Allen versus Oligo Ethan Page at Fighter Fest Night 1 last year, and they put on a banger. So that could be like Darby Allen's thing, like a coffin match. That could be like his shtick. Like you could say, like Undertaker had a casket match. You could give Darby Allen. They're not. They're not the same. Obviously, I'm not gonna put them in the same genre. But like you know, it's kind of like how Undertaker had his thing. We had other things too. We had the buried alive matches as well. But Darby Allen's own thing, his own gimmick match, is a coffin match. There you go. That's fine. That's fine by me. Him versus Andrade El Idol next week was made official. I'm like, all right, cool. That's gonna be good. Him versus. E- Oli Ethan Page was good. So I already know him versus Andrade Alidolo is going to be good. And they already main evented a few weeks ago. So now Darby Allen has a chance to get redemption. He definitely has a huge chance to get redemption now over Andrade. So I'll definitely look forward to seeing that. But now we get to the trios match right here. Really good match right here. The Jericho Appreciation Society. Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager versus Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz. Eddie Kings was paying tribute to Junkyard Dog. He was wearing Thump. Oh, yeah, the you know, shirt that said Thump on it. You know, Junkyard Dog used to wear that. I believe on his pants used to wear that. Definitely a really good wrestler back in the day. Junkyard Dog definitely gone way too soon. So that was a nice tribute right there by Eddie Kingston. And it was a good match. It was a good match early on in the day when the Jericho Appreciation Society landed. Fucking Eddie Kingston's Antonio Ortiz went after uh, Angela Parker and Matt Menard and... Ortiz fucking stole Angel Parker's shoes. And before the match, like, I got your shoes. We got your shoes. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that was pretty funny, though. That was definitely uh, pretty funny. It really was. But overall, no, it was a really good match right here. Like, you know, this card was really good. And this card lived up to the expectations. It was really good. It was really fun to watch, you know. And this match was great. And the crowd was hot. Throughout the whole night, except the women's match, we're going to get to that next because I have a lot to say about that match. Like, I don't like to criticize 
the women's matches in AEW because there have been some stinkers, but this one was definitely a stinker. We're definitely going to talk about it after this trios match because I got a lot to say about it because the crowd was just dead. The crowd was not vibing with it at all. The crowd didn't give a shit. And you know what? Rightfully so because I didn't give a shit either and I was cringing throughout the whole match. But um, with this match, I was not cringing. I enjoyed it throughout the whole way right here. We didn't see any BS until, you know, towards the end of the match, obviously, but that's besides the point. You know, Eddie Kingston was just going after Daniel Garcia like crazy. Those two have some good chemistry, Garcia and Kingston. They have some really good chemistry. You know, and Kingston is a really good brawler. You know, he's very, like, old school in his way, the way that he wrestles. Like, he's got a lot of, like, old school kind of like Japan in a way, if that makes any sense. Like, he just comes off as that old school kind of brawler when he wrestles. Like, he's not trying to really wrestle. He's trying to fucking beat the shit out of you. That's what he's doing right there. Like, he would have definitely been great in ECW back in the day. He would have been fucking awesome. Could you imagine that? If you put Eddie Kingston in a time machine, you put him in ECW. Oh, my God. He probably would be one of the biggest draws in that company. Not not the biggest draw, but one of. I'm not going to say the biggest. You got, you know, RVD and Sabu and the Sandman. Tommy Dreamer, Taz, you know, Raven, and so many others. You know, New Jack as well, you know. He would have been one of the biggest draws, but not the biggest. I can't even say who number one would be. That's just hard to say. You know what I mean? But he would be in that top ten. He would easily be in that top ten, maybe even top five. But... I just love the way that he brawls in the rings. Like I said, he comes off as an old school brawler. The things that he does, the way that he chops you, like he chops you slowly and then he goes fast, like how he was doing to Garcia. Like, and listen, he's from Bianca's too, so you know he automatically has my love right there because it's awesome. It is awesome. You know, it really is. It really, really is. But this match was good, too. And Jericho, you know, in the great shape that he's... And that he's in right here. You know... It's amazing, like, how he was so out of shape a few months ago. Now he just looks like the old Chris Jericho. He really does. You know what I mean? You know, it really is. It's amazing that the shape that he's in, it really is. It seriously is. You know, it's amazing. Because like I said, or even you could say like two years ago, like when NBA Twitter was roasting the fuck out of Jericho's uh, holiday bash in 2020, I think it was him and uh, MJF versus Top Flight. And oh my God, people were just giving Jericho so much shit. You know, because it was like the NBA audience came in. I think it was like Celtics and Bucks just playing. So, you know, they got a chance to watch AEW and they just roasted Jericho. And like I said, rightfully so, because he was completely out of shape. He really was. He looked horrible. I mean, he still put on some good matches, but he was just so out of shape. He was so out of shape a few months ago. Even like, like I said, two years ago. 
he was just so out of shape. Like, oh my God. Like, I was like, what the hell happened to him? But I'm um, happy that he lost all that weight because, you know, he did have a health scare back in England, I think back in November, December of last year. So that's what really got him to, you know, start losing weight. So God bless him, though. He reinvents himself again. That's what Chris Jericho always does. He always reinvents himself. It's amazing. Even now, even how old is he now? 51 years old, be 52 this year. Even even his 50s right here, he's still reinventing. He's still reinventing himself. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy what he's done in WCW and WWE to AEW now. How he's reinvented himself over the years. Like, he was such a fun-loving character in WWE without he went, like, serious heel in, like, 2008. And that's what... It all started, like, with Shawn Michaels when he put him through the Jerotron. The Jericho-tron. Or the Jericho-tron 5000, I guess you want to call it. That's what it was called back then. Um, that's when he became, like, that serious heel and he reinvented himself. He completely reinvented himself. Like, oh, my God. He's just... He's genius at that. He really is. Everything that he's done. He's just a great wrestling mind. He might be the last greatest wrestling mind we might ever see. He just might. He really just might. And it's it's awesome. It really is. It seriously, seriously is. It's, un- it's unbelievable how he continues to reinvent himself. It really is. It seriously, seriously is. And I love it. Absolutely love it. So, you know, you have to think right here with Chris Jericho. You know, like how many more years does he have left in wrestling? You know, how much more can he go? You know, are they going to do one more big program with him? Because here's the funny thing. He still hasn't had a rematch for the AEW World title because he lost to John Moxley back at Revolution in 2020. Since then, Jericho has not had a rematch. Didn't get a rematch against Moxley. Didn't wrestle Kenny. That, that was kind of surprising. I thought he would wrestle Kenny at least once. I thought maybe they would run it back, but no, they never did that. And he never got a shot against Hangman. I mean, well, like, he still could in a way. He still could. He could say, I'm invoking my rematch clause or whatever. You know, I've waited two years. I've waited so long. And you could say, Eddie Kingston can screw him or... Santana Ortiz, whatever. You know, maybe he'll get a rematch when Punk's champion. I mean, yeah, I could see Punk and Jericho running back. They had a lot of great matches back in the day. So, okay, I mean, that, would, that would make sense. That would make sense. That's fine. But I'd like to see Jericho get his rematch at least once. Oh, well, okay, you only get one rematch. <laughs> That's part of a rematch. You get one right there. But I'm hoping that he does. But towards the end of the match, right, this match started to really pick up. You know, people forget how good Hager is, though. I, I mean, I get people don't really like his character that much. I can understand why. Because when he has, like, talked, even, like, back in the day when he would talk, he came off as very generic in a way. I understand it. It's, I think a lot of people still forget that he was world champion 11 years ago. And he beat Chris Jericho for it. He cashed in the money bank on Jericho 11 years ago. Like, it's crazy. I remember watching that show. I was like, oh, my God. I actually couldn't believe it. Actually, no, I don't think I actually watched that one. I think it was... I think I turned it on late. I think I turned on SmackDown late. And I saw he was champion. I was like, wait, what happened? Then I watched the clip. I was like, oh, that's how he became champion. Because I was still like... That's when I was still like understanding wrestling. Because when he won the money in the bank, I actually didn't understand that at first. I was like, okay, so what can he do? But then... Because I wasn't paying attention to the rules. 
But then I started, I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay, so now, now I understand. <laughs> and he, and the funny thing is about that, though, with Hager, when he was Jack Swagger at the time, he was the last ever person to win the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. I still feel like they shouldn't have made it a pay-per-view Money in the Bank. That's just my honest opinion. They should have left it for WrestleMania. That could have been like the WrestleMania gimmick. Oh, Money in the Bank match. That's what made it unique. You know, I still hope to this day maybe they will do that again or maybe do it at one of the big four pay-per-views. Because you know, why not? Why not? Right? Except Survivor Series because then that's like all SmackDown versus Raw. But um, it's what made it unique. It was awesome. You know, they really didn't have to make it its own pay-per-view. But it's been good, though. I will admit that, though. I just would have kept it for WrestleMania. That's just what I would have done. But, um, but yeah, again, overall, a good match right here. Santana Ortiz were going off this match, especially Santana, you know, doing the three amigos and then the frog splash in honor of Eddie King. Oh, that's Eddie Kingston. Eddie Guerrero, oh my God, a lot of uh, tribute to this match, you know, Junkyard Dog and Eddie Guerrero, just awesome to see. And I think it was, uh, who brought it up? It was one of the commentators brought it up. Oh my God, I think it may have been JR. That brought up, you know, it's nice to see tribute, you know, for people that paved the way. And even before the match, like when Jericho and uh, Garcia and, and Hager were making their entrance and the crowd was singing Jews, we saw a Jim Ross cosplayer in the uh, the crowd wearing the Boomer Sooners jersey and had the black cowboy hat on. And JR was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, my God, that was pretty funny. I was like, oh, my God. That was JR. Time travel from the past to the future? Like, oh, wow, this a new wrestling company or something? Like, oh my gosh. That, that was pretty funny, to be honest. It really was. But right here, as uh, Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana just took over right here, we saw, saw Eddie Kingston do a tope suicide on Hager. I was like, whoa, okay. Jericho was taken out for a little bit. And here comes Parker and Menard, and Ortiz just launches himself on both of them, takes them completely out. And then it's down to Kingston and Garcia, and then Kingston hits the ropes, and Jericho hits him with the back from behind, hits him in the, hits him with the bat from behind, and then Garcia ping, pins Kingston one two three, and Garcia, Jericho, and Hager get the win. Great match, great match. It's definitely far from over. And after the match, they were attacking Kingston, and then Santana was getting attacked, and then Jericho hit Ortiz with the Judas effect. So this is far from over. I mean, it's still. It's the numbers right there. It's five on three. It's five on three. You know, I'm thinking like we've seen homicide in AEW. He's part. He was part of LAX, so he's probably going to come in, and maybe Hernandez as well. And maybe we're going to get a blood and guts match between uh between the Jericho Appreciation Society and LAX. And you could say, well, Stadium Stampede, nah. I don't think anybody wants... We're not in the pandemic era anymore. I don't think anybody wants to see Stadium Stampede. I'd rather just see Blood and Guts, the Blood and Guts match. And they are saying they're going to save it for the summer. So I'm like, all right, so it's not going to happen anytime soon. So it's probably going to happen, like, between June to August. That's what I'm... That's That would be my guess. Because the first Blood and Guts is supposed to be in March of 2020. It's supposed to be the Prudential Center. Obviously, that got canceled because because of the pandemic, and they did it at Daly's place. Um, they did it at Daly's place in May. In my honest opinion, what they really should have done, maybe they could have done it the first Dynamite back at Road Rager. They could have done that. Well, not Road. Ra- no, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Then no, never mind, never mind, never mind. Sorry, sorry, my fault. 
My fault on that one because that wouldn't make any sense. That would just be that'd be stupid. That's Vince Russo booking right there. Let me just pull that one back. But yeah, it would have been nice if they did if they would have done it in front of a full crowd instead of only a thousand people. But it's what it is. It's just what it is. But it's far from over right here between Jer- the Jericho Appreciation Society and potentially LAX coming in, like Homicide and Hernandez, I would have to take a guess. Maybe Diamante will get involved too, you know. She's part of them as well. But now we get to the women's match right here. Marina Shafif versus Sky Blue. And this had to be one of the worst women's matches I've ever seen in my life. Definitely the worst in AEW. And I thought the Rebel Penelope Ford versus Big Swole match was bad. I thought that match was bad. This one takes the cake. It was so fucking bad. Oh my god. This girl Marina Shafif basically told us she's not ready for television. Because she looked greener than shit right here. She looked so bad. Like in the highlights of her dark matches. She looked good. I was like okay she looks pretty good. But her first ever television match here in AEW. First ever national television match. Oh my god it was bad. And I felt bad for Sky Blue because Sky Blue is good. She put on a good match with Jamie Hayter a couple weeks ago in the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Qualifier. And oh my god, she looked so bad in this match, Marina. It was terrible. And they did show the baddie section. That was probably the only best part of the match. And Jay Carr goes backstage and Smart Mark Sterling. She didn't give a shit. We all know she's going to beat Marina. She's going to retain the TBS Women's title. Like, Jay's not losing to her. But you couldn't give Jay like a better opponent right here. Like, why not do her and Chris Statlander right now? Unless if that's the plan in the future to give the belt to Statlander. But this girl Marina's not ready. She's really not. I know she's wrestled for a while and she has an MMA background. That's cool. But she's not ready for television. She's just not. She proved that two nights ago. I mean, do I think they'll scrap the plans? It seems too late for that. It seems a little bit too late for them to scrap the plans right now. So, I don't know. I wish they would because she's not ready, Marina. She's just not. And the crowd was dead throughout the whole match. They didn't care. And neither did I. The crowd just did not give a shit at all. No fucks was given for this match. Nobody cared. It was the most dead I've ever seen a crowd in a while. Because the crowd just simply did not care. And again, I didn't either. Like again, Marina proved to us she's not ready. She's not ready at all. She looked completely lost. She was just terrible. She was moving so slow as well. Again, I felt bad for Sky Blue because she's good. Because I felt bad for her mostly. I really felt bad for her because, oh my god. Why not give Sky Blue a title shot? She's been around on television more than uh, than Marina. Why not give her a shot? Her and Jade could put on a decent match. But I think now with Jade and Marina, I don't know how that match is going to be because Marina did terrible. She looked so lost. She looked completely lost in this match. I couldn't wait for it to end, even though it was only like a few minutes. I don't know if it was like a four-minute match, something like that. It was very short. It was a very short match. But 
I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this match is going to be between her and Jade. I don't know. I mean, like I said, Jade's going to retain. I mean, I would hope to think she retains. She loses. Holy shit. Then what the fuck? What are we doing here? Marina's just not ready. She's just not ready at all. You have so many other. You have so many other people that could just get a title shot. Anybody else but, but Marina right now. Like Statlander could be the plan down the line. She has a whole new look, and now she has a whole new entrance as well. So maybe she's the one to beat Jade. I don't think people would mind that down the line. People think would be like, oh, okay, well, we like Statlander. That's fine. But, geez, nobody else for Jade. Marina, she's not ready. I mean, she looks the part, but she can't wrestle. She couldn't wrestle at all against Sky Blue. She just looked terrible. She looked like a deer in headlights. Like, she didn't know what she was doing. Maybe it's the first match. Maybe it's the first Maybe it's the first national television match jitters. Maybe it is. Maybe the next match she has, if it's with Jade, maybe they put on a good match. And maybe Marina becomes a big star in AEW. That's a big maybe, but what she showed in this match, she's not ready. She's not ready at all. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to watch. It really was. It wasn't good at all. It was one of the worst women's matches I've ever seen in my life. Definitely the worst in AEW. Definitely the worst. I couldn't wait for it to end. Even when she got her in the submission hole and Sky Blue tapped out right away. Like, there's no like no effort. She just tapped out right away. I'm like, oh my god. I hate the quick tap outs. Like, she could at least made an effort to get out of it. She just did. She just tapped out right away. Like, that was it. Like, okay. Oh, you could say, oh, because Marina's background, she could seriously injure her. Like, oh, my God. Like, okay. She could still fight out of it at least. At least try. Give us that much at least. Like, come on. Like, Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) It's whatever, though. I couldn't wait for it to end. Thank God it, it was over. Just move on right here. I hope the match between Marina and Jade is good. I, I seriously hope it is. I seriously hope you know that I'm wrong. Maybe Marina becomes a big star in AEW. That would be nice. That would absolutely be nice. But I don't know right now. It's a big if. It's a big maybe. But we'll definitely see what happens. Sorry if you hear me like sniffling. My fucking allergies starting to act up because of stupid ass weather changing. You know. Springtime, man. Fucking allergies. Great. Ay, ay, ay. But we did see Hook backstage and Lexi Nair tried to get a word with him. And apparently Hook will make his Dynamite debut, his Dynamite in-ring debut, next week in Pittsburgh. I'm like, oh, okay. And Tony Neese and Smart Mark Sterling came into the locker room. And Hook got in their face, you know, after Tony Neese said that, you know, Hook's been just handed his success. He'd have to work for it. So it looks like Tony Neese will be Hook's first match on Dynamite. That's, that's great. That's fine by me. That'll be nice to see. And we did see Dan Housen, he tried to curse. He tried to curse Hook again, and Hook threw the one of the weight balls at him. So I think we're going we're gonna to probably see something weird between him and Dan Housen. Like, I don't know if they're going to wrestle. Maybe they become a team. I don't, I don't know. It's very weird. But now we get to a good match right here after that stinker of a match. The FTW World Champion Ricky Stocks and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Limitless Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. You could tell all four guys were having so much fun this match. You had Ricky Starks, the hometown kid from New Orleans. Powerhouse Hobbs, who's just incredible. Keith Lee, who's incredible. And Swerve Strickland, 
Well, all of them are incredible. That's the best way to say it. They all looked happy right here. And it was a fun match. It was a fun tag team match. It really was. It was nice to see, like, this feud. This feud's been, like, on Rampage. We haven't seen this on Dynamite. So now it's good to see it get moved to Dynamite. Especially, you know, Hook's going to start wrestling on Dynamite now. So that's even better. That's even better right there. That's even better. And I can't wait to see it. Um, but yeah, no, this match was really fun. Really fun tag team match. Ricky got an amazing pop when he came out. You could tell it looked like he had tears in his eye right there. You can see he was trying to hold it back right there, but he had a lot of fun. Just amazing pop that he got. And it was an awesome tag team match. It really was. My favorite spot in this match is when Keith Lee was like on was on the ropes and Swerve Strickland bounced off him and did a fucking backflip on Starks and Hobbs. I was like, oh my god. And of course, I love seeing Hobbs and Keith Lee going at it. Keith Lee for 348 pounds, just so athletic. Like, he jumped in the air. Like, like Hobbs is going to attack him, and Keith Lee just jumps. Like, like what the fuck, man? Like, you don't really see a big man do that. It's crazy what he does. It's crazy seeing what Keith Lee can do in the ring. It really is. Oh, man, him and Hobbs, though, they could put on a lot of classic matches. That could be a long-term feud for the future. It really could. It seriously could. Like, they really could have a nice long-term feud for years to come. Maybe even go at it for a championship down the line. They seriously could. And Ricky was red hot during this match. Red hot. Like, he speared Swerve Strickland, then he did a Canadian Destroyer. He was just red hot during this match, Ricky. Going after Keith Lee, beating down Swerve. He was going off. You could just feel... You could just feel the intensity from Starks. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Then we did see Taz come out. We haven't really seen Taz with Starks and Hobbs recently. Well, they, when they wrestled on Rampage, he's just done commentary. He hasn't, you know, been there at ringside. So now he finally came to the ringside. It's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I thought maybe, like, Taz was going to cost him the match or something. That's what I thought. I mean, like, he was going to accidentally cost him. And it seemed like he was going to, like, when Hobbs was going to slam Swerve Strickland to the ring pose. And he told Taz to move, and then Swerve was able to get out of it, and he threw Hobbs onto the ring post. So I thought, oh, maybe Swerve and Keith are going to win right here. Maybe there's going to be tension in Team Taz. Again, we've seen a lot of tension in Team Taz, but no, I mean, I was wrong on that one. I was definitely wrong on that one. After Keith Lee, you know, took out Starks and came down to him and Hobbs. And Keith Lee was about to take out Hobbs, and then Taz grabbed the foot of Keith Lee as he was on the ropes. And then Hobbs picked him up. Spine buster. He spine busts Keith Lee. One, two, three. Starks and Hobbs get the win. That was shocking. The whole crowd was shocked. They couldn't believe it. Even I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, okay, they're going to give the win to Lee and Swerve. But no, they gave it to Starks and Hobbs. It was like, oh, wow. We really haven't seen Team Taz win as much of recently when they've been on television. So, well, like in tag team action. Not like when it's one-on-one action. But it was like, holy shit. That was surprising. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty surprising. It really was. It was nice to see, though. It was absolutely nice to see. So I'm happy Starks and Hobbs got the win. And, team, and you know, not say team. Fucking Taz came in. And... He celebrated with them, so that was really cool. 
So that was really cool. I'm like, all right, nice. That was nice to see. So I'm happy that, you know, Starks now has got a big win right there. We'll see what's next now for Ricky Starks and, uh, and Hobbs. Because we know Starks isn't defending the FTW title tomorrow like he did at the first battle of the belt. So we'll see what happens there. We'll definitely see what happens there now. I'm sure this feud is definitely far from over. So we'll see where it goes. But now we get to the main event of the evening for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Minoru Suzuki, the Ring of Honor Television Champion. Defending his title against Samoa Joe. It's the very first time we've seen Suzuki on Dynamite or AEW television since I think it was the yeah, it was the buy-in show right there of Rampage and Russell Danielson back in October. Those two put on a really good match. Um, and this is Joe's first main event here in AEW, and his second week in AEW is right in the main event. And these two beat the shit out of each other like their chests were beating red I saw like Public Enemies podcast post like on Twitter like oh Samoa Joe and Minoru Suzuki's chest had to be scissored like a fajita plate or something like that I'm like oh my god cause they were chopping the shit out of each other and it was awesome it was a hard hitting match definitely a dream match it could've went on a little bit longer in my honest opinion, I think, I think a lot of people would agree it should have went on a little bit longer. Especially since they were saying, like, oh, you know, we might overrun right here. I mean, I was like, okay, this match might go on for a little bit longer. And we did see Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt at ringside. They were watching the match in the crowd because apparently they have a big surprise for Samoa Joe. And I really didn't think this match was going to be even happening until they announced it on Rampage. like, oh, that's the main event. That's the main event of Dynamite. There's no way that match opens or it's in the middle. That That's the main event. Like, holy shit. But no, this match, it definitely lived up to expectations. I want to definitely see it again. Hopefully Suzuki gets his rematch. Maybe they'll do it on Ring of Honor television, like a Ring of Honor show. If they want to do that, that's fine. Or if they want to do it in Japan, they could do that too. Because um, apparently they are doing an AEW... New Japan Pro Wrestling show on June 23rd. That's what they're saying. And that's Thursday, so... Maybe that's where Suzuki gets the rematch. Because we all know what happened here, but... uh, (laughs) But no, I really enjoyed the main event. I really did. You know... I didn't know what to think of it. You know, it's definitely a dream match. I'm like, alright. Let's see what happens here. But oh my god, Suzuki just fucking chopping Joe like crazy. And Joe's chopping him. They really just beat the shit out of each other. They legit beat the shit out of each other in this match. And Suzuki was getting really close right here. I thought maybe there's a chance he could beat Joe. Joe said, uh-uh-uh, got him on the top rope. He's going for the muscle buster. Suzuki fought as much as he could right there. But then Joe got him up. Muscle buster. One, two, three. Samoa Joe is the new Ring of Honor television champion. And the funny thing is... He's never been Ring of Honor television champion until now. So, holy shit. I mean, you got to look at Samoa Joe, man. He's had a hell of a career. From Ring of Honor, TNA, WWE, and now it's AEW. What a run he's had. All the championships he's won, the Ring of Honor world title, all the TNA titles he's won, the NXT title, 
United States title, now the Ring of Honor television title. Like, oh my God, he's just had a hell of a run. He has had a hell of a run in this business. Everywhere he's went, everywhere he's went, like I said, Ring of Honor, TNA, WWE, now AEW, amazing run. Amazing career that he's had. I'm not going to say which run he's, he's had that, that is better. Because I did see somebody on Twitter say, oh, you know, Joe's run in AEW right now is already better than his WWE run. Let's not even do that. Let's not do that, okay? He made event to the SummerSlam. He was NXT champion three times. Good. He was a good United States champion. Had great programs with people, especially Brock Lesnar. Like, let's, let, let's not do that, okay? And Roman as well. He had a really good program with Roman. Let's, let's not even compare the two. Let's not even compare two weeks to five years. Let's not do that. That's just wrong. That makes no sense. Let's just not do that at all, okay? Like, just don't. Let's just not do that. But after the match, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, you know, they ruined Joe's moment right here. You know, Jay Lethal had a present, and he put his finger in it, and he ripped it open. It was the middle finger at Joe, and the lights go out. So I'm thinking to myself, because they did say they had a big surprise, I think it could be Brody King as the lights went out. I mean, I know Brody King's with the House of Black, but you can give him a singles match with Joe. Like, okay. Or people thought it was going to be Cesaro, or his, what his real name is, Claudio, whatever. But no, it was... Let's see, what's his name? What's his name right here? Satnam Singh, who actually signed with AEW back in September of last year. And he is a former basketball player. He was, I think, drafted by the Mavericks, if I'm not mistaken. So I was like, oh. I was like, holy shit, okay. Because I forgot who he was for a second. I was like, oh. And then when then, like, Excalibur mentioned the basketball player, I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay. That really is a big surprise. That's really, like, living up to the big surprise. I was like, oh. So he was beating down Joe, and then Lethal and Duck got involved. I mean, this guy is huge. I think he's like 7374. I'm like, damn. But then, yeah, it did get heavily criticized by a lot of people. I, I can understand why, though. I understand why. They didn't have to do the whole lights out thing because a majority of the people, they're not, they didn't know who he was. They definitely didn't know who he was when, you know, when the lights go out, you expect somebody to be big to show up. Not like big like that, but like, Somebody that people know, like a Brody King, when the lights went out, Brody King showed up, or when Malachi showed up last year. Like those type of guys. For Singh, eh, you didn't have to do that. You could have had him just attack Joe from behind. He would have probably got a better pop. Like, oh, like who's this big guy attacking Joe from behind? Like, oh my god. You know what I mean? It would have been a little bit different. And I think this is definitely an experiment for AEW, you know, using this big guy. He'll definitely get in the ring. Pretty soon, you know, Shivani was mentioning that he wrestles at the training facility. Or he's been training at the training facility in Georgia. Like, alright. You know. We've seen how these giants are in, a, in about to AEW. <laughs> Fucking all of wrestling. Most of them really haven't worked. You know. Giant Gonzalez didn't work. Great colleagues might be world champion. He really didn't work, if you want to be completely honest. Um, I mean, listen, Big Show, you know, slash Paul White, he was great. Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was great. You know, uh, it's, it's a risky one. I mean, I know Omos really hasn't worked out. 
And WWE, I did see him with MVP now, so that'll definitely elevate him. Maybe he'll get better. I mean, I'll give this guy a chance. I'm not going to completely bury the guy because he hasn't even wrestled once yet. It's an experiment. That's just what it is right there. Is it a good experiment? I mean, time will tell. I'm 50-50 on this guy because, again, we've seen how these giants are. Like, a majority of them have not worked out. A majority of them have not worked out. Apparently, he's been training with Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dami. And, okay, maybe it does work out. Maybe it does. I, I hope that it does. I hope this guy proves us wrong. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, wow, this guy's actually good. He's a really dominant guy. Maybe he can work with the smaller guys. You know, guys that are obviously smaller than him. Maybe. But I, I don't know. I don't know. We've seen these big guys, though. It, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell me. I'll give him a chance. But I'd say if he has, like, a bad... His first couple matches are bad. Then yes. Then no. No. He apparently had a... He had a trial with WWE not too long ago. And then AEW signed him in September. Of last year. So... Again. I'll give this guy a chance. I'm not going to completely bury the guy. Let's see how he does. I mean... And listen, here's the thing. He's not going to beat Joe. He's not going to beat Joe. He's going to be an enforcer for Lethal and, uh, and Dutt. Because this is what I think. I think, I think Jay Lethal is going to go after the Ring of Honor television champions. Now Joe has that belt. They're not going to have this guy beat Joe. That's not going to happen. That would be stupid. Because he's never wrestled. You say, oh, well, the great Kali beat The Undertaker. Yeah, because great Kali already had wrestled before then. He wrestled prior to WWE. He didn't just make his wrestling debut in WWE. Like, he wrestled prior to that. This guy hasn't. So he's not going to beat Joe. It's not going to happen. Lethal's going to beat Joe, though. That's what I think. But we'll see how it all works out for this guy's thing. I hope that it works out. I'm not going to completely bury him because, like I said, we've never seen him wrestle. We'll give him a shot. If he does bad in his first couple matches, pull the plug. Let him be an enforcer. A full-on enforcer. Just do that then. If he doesn't work out his first couple matches and the crowd is not feeling it, don't let it drag on. You got to tell him, hey, listen, you're an enforcer now. You know, they're not responding well to you. It's just not going to work. It's not, it's not going to get better. It's just going to keep getting worse. You know what I mean? And people just aren't going to care. They're going to they're gonna flip to the next channel when he's on television wrestling. If that happens. But maybe he does good. Maybe he gets positive reviews. People are like, oh, wow, this guy could be good. Okay, let's see what he does now. We'll see what happens, though. But now we look to AEW Rampage for tonight. We have the Owen Hart Tournament uh, Foundation. We have the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Qualifier on the women's side. Ruby Soho versus Robin Renegade. Should be a good match. We have a trios match, the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, the Ring of Honor, Pure Champion, Wheelie Yuta, versus Billy, Austin, Colton Gunn, the Gun Club, who are 24-0 as a trio. That's about to end tonight. And the main event for the AEW World Heavyweight title, a Texas death match. Hangman and Page defending his AEW World Heavyweight title against Adam Cole, baby. I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll talk more about Battle of the Belts tomorrow. And, of course, we'll do the Battle of the Belts review. We'll talk more about Dynamite next week. But that's it, guys. 
I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. The next time I'll talk to you guys will be tomorrow with my Rampage review. And then, of course, right after that, I'll be making my first round predictions for the 2022 NBA playoffs. And then, of course, on Easter Sunday, I'll be reviewing Battle of the Belts 2. All right, that's the end for today, guys. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow for, with two episodes. Talk to them, guys.